Hey there, everyone. Tone Bro number two, Electric Boogaloo here, Chuck Bungo. And I just want to give you your trigger warning because myself and Tone Bro number one stunner, Matt Horn, are going to, uh, we're going to probably be bad mouthing some brands that you may or may not have heard of. Whether you think we're right or whether you think we're wrong, why don't you let us know over on our Facebook page? That is facebook.com slash Tone Bros Podcast. And uh, leave us a comment, send us a message, and let us know if you think we're right or if you think we're full of shit. So, you know what? The opinions that we're about to express in this podcast regarding some brands are those of the Tone Bros and the Tone Bros alone. Music! Alright everyone, thank you for tuning in yet again to the Tone Bros Podcast here on Anchor and a couple other platforms, which I thought was going to do my research and I didn't. Oh, I'm just the worst. Here joining me this time, I, by the way, am Tone Bro 2, Electric Boogaloo, and we're going to go on over to Tone Bro 1, the number one stunner himself, Mr. Matt Horn. And by the way, I didn't introduce my name, I'm Chuck Bungo. Matt, how are you again this episode? I am doing fantastic, dude. And I want to say hi to all the tone freaks and tone geeks out there in Tone Topia, if we want to call it that. Tone Topia. I love it. That, that, that I actually, art- I was starting a little mini radio show a couple of weeks ago that I never really uh, took off with, and I was going to call it Rock Central Station. But I figure somebody already copywrote that shit. Oh, I like Rock Central Station. That's good. Wasn't it? I had the oh. intro to Mean Street on there. It was kind of cool, actually. Oh, the no, actually the the when the when the main riff kicks in, not the the um the hammer on thing when the lead when the not the lead but when the main oh the yeah dude yeah so that's basically like a that's like a funk riff oh yeah dude it's that well there was a thing I was watching um uh it was um. Oh, I, you know, every time I, I want to mention his podcast and I always, or not his podcast, his YouTube channel. And I forget every single time. Let me look at my history on YouTube because it was a, it was a video I watched. Um, it was, it's, it's the guy who does all that weird rack gear, Michael Nielsen. Um, oh, big hairy guitars. Yeah. yeah big hairy yeah. guitars, man. Like he does all that weird oddball rack gear stuff. Yep. And like, like, like he just did one on the voodoo labs guitar preamp. Did you know Which Voodoo I never Labs? Knew existed. Yeah, I had no idea that Voodoo Labs made a rack preamp. Like and and it sounds nasty cuz it was designed by one Reinhold Bogner. Of course. As as is tradition with Reinhold Bogner being goofy yeah. and having an awesome fashion sense. Um but uh, oh, is that his fashion sense is that I mean, he's very German. We'll we'll say he's eclectic. <laughs> he is eclectic. He is eclectic, but we, we were we were we had mentioned a couple other things before about uh, mod projects. Actually, your recommendation on the last podcast was about um, uh, was about how to improve your tone, and you mentioned speakers, and you know you were kind of mulling that over as was I about like ways to improve your gear. I mean that's I mean that's something that people have been doing for eons and eons to make their guitar more personalized, or in their opinion better uh replacing pickups replacing tuners changing the nut uh putting in different tubes aftermarket speakers you know changing a capacitor and a pedal for god's sake you know what i mean 
mm-hmm. pickups. I don't know if you mentioned pickups. Oh yeah. Oh the, that, yeah. Changing pickups. That was a big thing. I got hard up on pickups. Uh, yeah. When I put in my, when I had my first DiMarzio put in and what? that was pretty much the gateway drug. What was, okay. So for, for you, for guitar, do you remember your first mod that you either had done or did? Yeah. And it was stupid. Um, well, no, it wasn't stupid. Actually, now that I think about it, let's, let's backpedal on this one. Um, the first mod that I ever did on a guitar, and keep in mind, I am not a, a mod expert at all. Um, I'm pretty shit when it comes to uh, DIY stuff. But the first one I ever did was simply putting in strap locks on my first Ibanez. Oh, wow. And that was a game changer for me. That uh, d- Dude, strap locks make a world of difference. Okay. We're going to go even further into this debate. We'll bring it back around to mod project, our first mod projects, because I know mine. Um, but for you, with strap locks, what's your preferred strap lock? Well, honestly, I have gone to, um, after using DiMarzio strap locks for a couple of years now, I've gone back to, honestly, the um, the rubber stoppers, like the Grolsch caps uh, that Fender puts out. That's That's what I've been using for most of my stuff. Really? Yeah, strangely enough. Wow, the Bonalocks. You remember that wasted venture? Yeah. Uh, God well, love and actually, what kind of led me to, and we can get on that in a little bit, but oh, yeah. what led me to using that was um, using the DiMarzio uh, strap locks. They're, they're fantastic, but the problem is is that maybe it's my heavy hand or whatever. I don't know, but it was I was, I think, cranking them down a little too much where they were starting to strip out the holes in the wood of my guitar. I don't know if I told you this, but when I put them in my PRS and I, <laughs> I drilled the thing directly into the pickup selector. And I actually put a hole in the pickup selector. Oh no. Yep. yep. Matt. Yeah. I fucked it big time. No, but I took it to my local store, uh, Penn Avenue music, uh, sponsored by not sponsored. Uh, I took it to Penn Avenue music to Beth, the tech there. And she, just ordered a Switchcraft switch, and that's a million times better than the one that came with it. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Oh, yeah. Like, but, dude, those little quality of life changes were just changing from, you know, maybe the dime pots that are in a guitar to, yeah. like, full-size either uh, Alpha or CTS pots. Oh, oh yeah. It, and she, like, I felt like such an idiot doing that, and she was like, Oh, don't you dare worry about that. She said, nobody gets these right on their first try. So she said, that's why you pay me to do it. No, I I remember my first mod that I had done to a guitar. um, And it it was, okay, so the, the first guitar that I ever bought myself, I bought it on time. From a local music store. It was a Jackson. It was a bolt-on Jackson Randy Rhodes V. It was black. And I felt like Kirk Hammett. Like. Right. You know. Because he has the stop tail one. He always used for for uh, like sad but true. Um, yeah, the down tune stuff. Yeah. And so this one. It had the silver hardware. It had a you know a licensed Floyd on it. And it had the Jackson pickups in it. And I thought I was an absolute rock star. Well, as I started learning more about gear, I realized Metallica was using EMGs. And so for, I think it was Christmas or my birthday, 
one year, my, I, I, I asked my parents, I said, I want new pickups for my guitar. And they said, well, what do you want? And at the time, the store that I went to, to get this guitar, that pretty much was the only store around. They were the only game in town, quote unquote town. And, um, (laughs) they didn't carry EMGs. So we went on eBay and we bought an, an 81 and a 60. And oh, that's interesting. Well, the reason I went with 8160 was because the guitar looked like Kirk Hammett, but the pickup set was the Het set. Before he had yeah. his signature pickups, Hetfield was notorious for using an 81 in the bridge and a 60 in the neck. And, and the 60 is lower, supposedly lower out, but like more vintage sounding, right? Well, it's more, it's supposed to be more like apparently more like a P90. Um, and it okay. was real tubey, real throaty, and I loved it. Um, but I had those pickups put in my Jackson Randy Rhodes V. And then, <laughs> like a dope, um, I sold that guitar to my other guitar player at the time because I had gotten my Charvel Model 6. Well, the Charvel Model 6 had the Jackson pickups in it. And I went, oh, they look like EMGs. I could just go ahead and put the EMG 81 in the bridge of this and it'll be fine. Not knowing that those Jackson pickups were not active. Right. So like they put the 81 in the bridge and because of the way it was wired, it was able to do it. Um, so I switched the Jackson pickup from my Charvel into the, the, um, the, the Randy Rhodes and then sold it to my other guitar player. And in retrospect, okay. I really wish I had that original pickup just for posterity, yeah. you know, but it's gone. So, right. uh, but well, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't know if you remember, um, that, uh, LTD MH 400 that I had. Oh my um, God. Yeah. That originally, that originally came stock. I kind of missed that guitar. I mean, it doesn't really fit what I was, what I'm going for now, uh, aesthetically, but it was such a nice guitar, but it was, it was um, it came stock with an 81 and an 85 mm-hmm. and they didn't sound bad. I just couldn't, I couldn't really jive with it. And I think that was um, something we were talking about earlier, a little bit of brand myopic behavior. Um, I, I felt like I had to have DiMarzio's in that thing. And I eventually did. And I did get DiMarzio's in there. And when I got rid of it, it still had those DiMarzio's in there, but I just never, I never gelled with EMGs for some, for some strange reason. You had what in that you had an, I, I think you had what a tone zone and a path pro. No, I had a Super 3 in the bridge and an Air Norton in the neck. That's right. That's yeah. right. Now, in the other, um, when I had the Viper, the LTD Viper, that had, I put a Steve Special in the bridge of that. Oh. That was a, mis- that was a mistake. Yeah. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, it. Uh, I had a Steve Special in the bridge of, when when I, I, I tell people when I grew up, quote unquote, <laughs> um, uh, and I was going to college and I was like, okay. EMGs are not going to work in this guitar, in my Charvel. And yes, I went to music school planning on playing jazz and was playing a Charvel Model 6 in Fire Engine Red. Um, 
Well, hey, Sean Lane played a Charvel. Hey, that was my reasoning Just too. Um, but I wanted know? pickups that were more suited for a versatile style. So I had the EMG taken out and the Jackson single coils taken out. And in its stead, I had a Steve special in the bridge, an HS3 in the middle, and a virtual vintage solo in the neck. And I'll tell you something. The Steve special was so bright in that guitar. It was disgusting. Like, it was like a razor. Um... It, it, it I, I, like, I can't even begin to tell you. Um, the Steve Special is a very. It, you have to have the right guitar for that pickup. Yeah. It, it's not something you can just drop in anything. And the reason that I got the Steve Special, of course, is because I was a John Petrucci fan, and not even was yeah. I still am, but like. I was hardcore John Petrucci, and I and I was like, "Oh, he had a Steve Special and an Air and an uh, and a um, Air Air Norton in the, well, the neck." You know but, what's funny though? Sorry, go ahead. But I, I have something funny to add to that. Well, I was gonna say the sound that I associate with John Petrucci for a neck pickup is actually a humbucker from Hell. Yep. I had no yep. idea until like literally last year. I was 35 years old when I figured really? that shit out. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. Im- images and words was all humbucker from hell in the neck. I had no idea. Isn't that wild? That blows my mind because I always associated him with the um, uh, with the Steve Special and the um, the Aaron Norton. No, the uh, images and words was um, a tone zone in the bridge. Yep. And they uh, and the humbucker from hell in the neck because they didn't make any of those. They didn't make the Steve special. As I understand it, the reason why they started making the Steve special is because John specifically asked for a pickup that sounded like the bridge pickup in his seven string, which was the Blaze. Oh. And they didn't. They didn't make that pickup. So the reason why they called it the Steve special is because it was literally like a custom pickup. That was made by Steve Blucher for John Petrucci. And that's kind of how that thing came to be. And his neck pickup was actually like off the Awake album. His neck pickup was actually called not the Air Norton, but the Norton Light. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, it was a different. I think it had even less output than the Air Norton is now. Um, It it might have been really similar, but again, I'm not an expert. I just remember reading that. It was, he said it was like a, a DiMarzio custom pickup in the bridge and this Norton light in the neck. And when they, when it came time to actually start selling the pickup, it was, that's when it, they became the Steve special in the air Norton. Well, that, well, also, did you know, fun fact about DiMarzio, you, they have a custom shop. Yeah. You can go to them and order like pickups they don't make anymore. Yeah. Like you can order, you can apparently get a hold of them and you can order like the Aldi Miola pickups. Yeah. You can order the, um, the mega drive. Oh, the mega drive. I had been kind of obsessed with those for a long time. I, and because that was the pickup that like Carrie King used Yeah, for a while. Like, and that's the thing. There are so many models that, 
DeMarzio made that like I had no idea they did. Like that Oh they, yeah. They're like and some of them you can't order anymore. They literally won't make them. But like they have a list of like pickups that are gone, but there are, there's tons of them that they don't make anymore that you can custom order, which blows my mind. Um, yeah, I now, wanted to do that with the uh, with the virtual hot PAF, which oh, again yeah. I was I was only recently discovering this. The virtual hot PAF, they call, there's a reason why they call it the VHPF. Why? Be, well, supposedly because the the impetus of that was creating that EVH pickup. Oh. So it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing of virtual hot VH. Right. Yeah. Right. Illuminati. Illuminati Illuminati moment. Well, dude, like, the thing, that's the thing, we're kind of going off on a tangent of DiMarzio. Um, Right. Now, we talk, like, talking about mod platforms and stuff, for the longest time, because my favorite guitar players used either EMG or DiMarzio. And, you know, the yep. EMG thing I quote-unquote grew out of. But now, as I'm going along, I decided in my infinite wisdom, again, you're going to hear that a lot uh, with some <laughs> of the mods I've done to my guitar um, or guitars. I decided, the one thing I hated about my Charvel Model 6 is it had three mini switches for the pickups to turn them on and off. Hated that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. And so, because I realized I'm never going to sell that guitar. I have beaten that guitar to death within an inch of its life. It's not worth what they're worth now. It's my guitar. Actually, a couple of my friends uh, have talked to me, especially my friend Joe, told me, he said, that's the guitar I associate with you. He's like, when I see you play that guitar, I go, like, that's the guitar that Chuck should be playing. Like, And that really is flattering. Um, That there's someone out there who thinks who associates me with a guitar. Like, that's really cool. But like, um, I decided that that guitar, I was like, you know what? This guitar needs EMGs. So I went on reverb and I found a screaming deal on a, on a 81 SASA. And I bought it. I got the wiring harness from EMG and I wired it up. And I basically took my Dremel and I cut, I removed the three mini switches and I cut a hole to install a five-way blade or a five-way blade switch. And I was like, that works or not five-way, a three-way blade. But like now that's my guitar that I use for D standard stuff. Like, so when we do Motley Crue stuff, basically. Um, that's my Motley Crue guitar, and I think it's appropriate. Like, yeah, I do too. It's pretty much just eighty-one all the time, and it's like super saturated. It's just a nasty machine of a guitar. I love it. Like it, that guitar is just never going to go anywhere. If if I am homeless and I have to sell every possession I own, the guitar that's going to go with me into the alleyway to sleep with a dog named Mitch is that Charvel Model 6. Well, clearly it's, you have your life planned out now. Well, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I work in radio, I'm this close. But like the uh, uh but like that's the thing is like doing mod projects to your guitar can make it better. Like to me, putting the EMGs in that 
in that guitar brought it back to life. Like now I use it again because for a long time it sat on the shelf, like literally sat on the shelf. I've replaced the bridge on it. I have, uh, I did a, uh, a, a spot level on it with the frets. I have, you know, changed the pickups three times. I have routed the body. We painted half of it white at one point. Like it, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's just one of those guitars that won't die. I have, I literally have beaten that thing so bad and it will not quit on me. That's how, you know, a good guitar, but like, so like mod projects, have you ever had a mod project that failed that you were like, Oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. Um, pretty much all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and, and I've taken, you know, we're not, we're not blowing smoke right now, but we are kind of blowing smoke. Well, um, I've, I brought most of my guitars to you to have you do work on it. And they, it's been stellar every time. You're welcome. And you've just, you've, well, yeah. I didn't say thank you, motherfucker. <laughs> but your um your skills have increased. Like every time I go to bring something to you, you've learned a new skill. So I think that's really that's really commendable. Thank you. Um, but m- I have failed miserably on almost every mod I've done. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Even like um, I don't think I fully burned out the pot on my uh, Ibanez, but it. Uh, was apparently real close to burning that the uh, the the tone pot out of it, trying to to hardwire a pickup to it. Um, but uh, I think it was I pretty much botched up every mod I've ever done. Well, uh, no, when I, I, I'm not talking know. about physically doing it. I'm talking about like even if you took it to someone to do a mod to it, they did the mod. You were like, okay, great, this mod is done, and then you just go, ah, I shouldn't have done that mod. Yeah, it, I'd say it was probably the. I get you now. It was probably putting that Steve special. And it's kind of a funny story with that guitar. I took it in, and I think I told them the wrong order because they put the Air Norton in the bridge and the Steve Special in the neck. Ooh! And I think it was because I told them the wrong order. And for a couple of weeks, I played this, and something just didn't... It sounded good, but it sounded kind of weak. Um, And it just... The balance was off on it. And then I'm, like, looking at the pull pieces of it, and I was thinking about making an adjustment. And I get my Allen key out and I'm about ready to make the adjustment on the net pickup. And I said, wait a minute, Aaron Orton doesn't have an Allen key adjustment to it. It doesn't have pull. Pe- <laughs> wait, what is, and then I turned into Dwight from the office. Wait, what is, what is going on? What are you doing? You know, it went into one of those moments. I'm like they put it in the wrong spot because I think I told them to put it in the wrong spot. Right. So I took it back and they, they did the reinstallation and, was like, oh, I get this now, and I don't like it. Realized yeah. that the Steve Special was not the right fit for that pickup, for no. that guitar. Excuse me. That guitar needed a tone zone or an air zone or a breed or even like just a regular PAF. Right. I think I think uh, SG style guitars need something a little bit darker because they have that upper mid range uh, shriek. That you know, it cuts it cuts through the mix, as the as the proverb says. But and that kind of taught me to be very sensitive with my pickup selections. Well, and I'll tell you something. I built that Telecaster, um, the 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 one with just it's it's literally it is a bridge pickup, and the truth. That's it. It's bridge pickup <laughs> one volume, and that's it. It was basically yeah. to prove to myself that I could build a guitar. Um. 
And I think that's the best way to start mods. Yeah. And like, um, there's a lot of things that I, I, I learned from doing that. Um, and the first pickup that I put in it was actually a custom wound pickup from a company called Brandon wound. Um, and, uh, Brandon wound pickups are awesome. They're incredible. He does wonderful pickups. Um, and he's out of Ohio. He's a great guy. I met him at a guitar show and I asked him, I said, I want, and this is, I learned a lesson and, and this is something that I consider a mod that went, that went wrong for me. Um, so I asked him and I said, I want a path on steroids. Now, Matt, when I say the path sound and don't pontificate, I just want some, some, uh, adjectives here. When I say a path sound, what do you, what immediately comes to mind? Fat. Fat, right? Okay. So we've established this fat, big, beefy, right? I think I know where you're going with this though. So he pulls out this pickup and it's beautiful looking. It has like this grill like cover on it and everything. And I'm just like, oh, this is cool. And I said, what is this? And he goes, I don't know. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, I wound it for giggles to see what it would be. And it was a really, really hot path pickup. And I said, well, like, how so? And he goes, it reads, I think he said it read at 13.5K, which is like for a path, he said, but it's a classic path, but really hot. And I was like, awesome, I'm in. So he sold it to me and I bought it and I went on my merry way. And I said, I'm going to put this in my first guitar I build. And I did put in the guitar <laughs> and I built the Telecaster out of mahogany. Uh, it's basically a big slab of mahogany, maple neck, rosewood board, and this pickup. Now, to be fair, I installed this pickup pretty close to the bridge and pickup location matters like how close it is to the bridge like where it's at it matters a lot so part of this could be my fault and prop not even could be is my fault i put that pickup in and it was so shrill i thought it was out of phase and so i wired it and i went okay it's out of phase i'll maybe i wired it backwards so i flipped the wires the four conductor wires and it still sounded the same and i went huh and it was like overly it was like an ice pick made in the ninth circle of hell it was it was pokey and um so i sent an email to 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 you know to the company and i said hey should I follow this wiring schematic? And I was right the first time. Nothing wrong with the pickup. It was where I had the pickup placed. And the fact that the body is really, really stiff. It it resonates, but it's really, it's like a butcher's block. Like it's, it's really like a stiff, ringy, like when you knock on it, it's like ping. So I went, okay. Yeah. I pulled that pickup out and I threw in a Seymour Duncan invader and it shaved off the high end, but it still cut. And I went perfect. 
and I, I had one laying around. I had an invader laying around. So I, I, I went, I threw it in there and it worked. That Brandon wound though was just the wrong pickup for that guitar. And I thought to myself, if I ever build a Les Paul style guitar, like a single cut, I'm going to give it a try. See how yeah. that works. But I also learned that a path should sound like a Telecaster on steroids. Yeah. I didn't Paths know that. Actually... I didn't know that until I did my research. Yeah. And that's, I kind of thought you were going there with that. Yeah. Paths are surprisingly bright uh, oh, yeah. in person. Like when we think of paths, we think of that big fat sound, but that has to do with the guitar. That has a lot to do with the guitar and construction. The you were to take that and the amp too. Yeah. yeah. You, you put that same pickup in a strat, for example, it's going to tear somebody's head off from the high end alone. So, but that's, yeah. that's something that really shocked me. Um, I had a similar situation when, do you remember OLP guitars? Oh my God. Yeah. They were, they were Sterling yeah. before Sterling. Sterling before Sterling made in China. Yup. Again, we're not, I'm not poo-pooing made in China. I have quite a few made in China items and I love them, but I paid a buck 99 for the, um, it was actually, it was just a photo flame finish on a basswood body. And the guitar felt great, and I wanted it because A, Petrucci had started playing Ernie Balls, and B, it, it was basically the Eddie Van Halen uh, Axis model. And the pickups on them were... You loading a gun over there? Shit. What are you doing? No, I'm sorry. I'm doing. Um, I'm changing strings on my guitar, and I'm putting stuff in my tackle okay. box. Okay. I was like, it sounded like you were loading a gun, and I'm like, dude, don't get upset I'm, about this. No. Like, I'm fucking, like <laughs> No, go uh, ahead. Fucking guitar. No, I was just saying, um, the... So... The pickups weren't great in them, so I took them to the shop, and we kind of decided that because the the stock pickups that came in the Ernie Ball were DiMarzio made, they were supposedly schematically identical to the Tone Zone. Okay, so all right, I put a Tone Zone, I put a Tone Zone in this guitar, and all of those ugly frequencies that that guitar had were just multiplied by ten. Oh, so I'm thinking the tone zone sucks. I hate this pickup. A few years later, I was at KNS Music, and they had a. It was an RGT Ibanez RGT, same fire red color of your um, Charvel, um, neck through reverse headstock, hardtail, awesome guitar. And that guitar just absolutely screamed and it sang and it howled and it had all the great euphemisms that we use. It sounded incredible. And I asked my buddy what these pickups were. They were black and red with black uh, bobbins in it. And he goes, oh, they're definitely DiMarzio's, but I'm not sure what the model is. I'll look it up here. He comes back and he's like, oh, it's a tone zone. And then he either said it was an Aaron Norton in the neck or a PAF in the neck, PAF Pro in the neck. But he's like, oh, it's a tone zone in the bridge. I said, that that can't be right. This has got to be a super distortion or a super three. He goes, no, that's that's a tone zone. And they even looked at it and they're like, no, that's, that's absolutely a tone zone. And I said, how in the hell is this possible? It sounds nothing like that. And then, then I put two and two together. Okay, so shit guitar equals shit sound. High-end guitar with a great pickup. High-end sound. It was as simple as that, and it completely eluded me for years. 
Uh, well, and you know, that's that's the thing is that I remember whenever I made the switch. Now, to be fair, EMGs are kind of a different animal from what we're talking about with, um, yeah. you know, passive pickups. But, like, I remember when I put EMGs in that Flying V, dude, it was night and day. Like, it was, it, it really was, in a good way. Like, it, it, it I, I can't really describe it. Um, and they're, like, like, for example, I think over time, you know, when, when you're, in your developmental or like, you know, a couple years under your belt, you still have that tweaking thing of where you want to try everything. And you think, Oh, if I just change my pickup, Oh, if I just try this cable, Oh, if I just try this, you know, you kind of keep fiddling and fiddling. And eventually you kind of get into a, a, you know, you dig yourself into a hole. Um, and I think that, um, you know, like for example, my, my the Balagare that I have, the the uh, the Toro, the the one that oh. I have, it has Balagare pickups in it. It has a Feral in the bridge and an Evergreen in the neck, and I can't remember what the middle is. I think it's an Astral single. It's their in-house pickups, and they sound great. And I went nah because when I got it, I was like, well, I'll change the pickups out. I have a set of uh, Bill Lawrence's sitting around, and. And I was just like, oh, I'll put the I'll put those Bill Lawrence's in there. And uh I took it home, I plugged it into my rig, and I played the pickups and I went, Nope. I'm not gonna i I'm not gonna fuss with it. I'm gonna leave it. Yeah. And because it sounds great the way it is, don't fiddle with it. Like th- you do and I understand we're talking about modding your 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 guitar. Like that's we we're talking about like ways to improve your tone. And if you are really unhappy and consistently unhappy with your tone, yes, mod like start looking at mods. But like when you have a guitar and the first thing you like you get a guitar and the first thing you think is I'm going to change this, 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 and this don't buy that guitar. Like go find something you want. That's the other thing. Like when you're looking to buy, but if you have a guitar that you're like, I love this guitar, but this could be better. Try something because you can swap out pickups until you're blue in the face. Like, you know, and, and I know we're kind of focusing on pickups with these mods because we could even go into modding, um, you know, putting, if you have a, if you have a, um, uh, like a guitar that has a tunematic, uh, bridge on it, just switching from like, like, like the LT, the, um, Lower end LTDs, they have just like a, a no brand um, stop tailpiece on it. You know what I mean? If you went to a tone uh, um, a tone pros bridge, that will improve your tone. You know, if you have something that's like a um, a hardtail string through, switching to a hip shot will probably improve things. Um, right. Now, like. Mod projects that went wrong that I have personally done. Um, you you really do sound like you're now burying a body, Matt. What are you doing? Like I'm scared. <laughs> Sorry, cha- I'm, yeah, I'm no, quote unquote I'm... changing the strings on my guitar. You're out in the backyard shoveling a hole. The uh, I'm kidding. You you keep well, doing your so. Th- so what happened is yeah, I uh, there some things happened. There were words that were exchanged. Um, so, um, yeah, if 
you know, anybody from the authorities hears this, I'm changing the strings <laughs> on my guitar. So yeah, no, actually I was just, I was just packaging up the 11 rack cause I'm going to try to get rid of it tomorrow. Oh, so, really? um, yeah. So I just, I don't use it since I got the pod, which that's another thing we'll have to discuss in a, in a later video gear that we get with super high expectations and we're just completely and totally shattered. Well, the 11 rack is a, a tricky beast. Like it's, yep. it's, it's a tough, again, it's gear that I think was ahead of its time, but that's, that's another uh, topic for discussion. But like, I think a mod project that I personally did that failed um, was, oh boy, let me think. Oh, I know, I know one. So when I decided that I was too big for my britches and I understood guitar wiring, um, this was a year and a half ago, two years ago now. Holy crap. Um, I decided that my, my Ibanez RG1527 seven string needed new pickups. It, I, again, I'm going to use this term again in my infinite wisdom. Uh, it had a blaze in the bridge and the stock pickup in the neck. And I went, I want different pickups. So what? Oh, I replaced the bridge pickup with a Mojo Tone Black Magic 7. Okay. And I thought I understood wiring because all I did was take the bridge pickup off and put the new one in. Everything was cattywampus on that five-way switching. Oh, my God. Everything went wrong. Like, bridge pickup was fine. Neck pickup was fine. So, positions five and one were good. Positions uh, two, three, and four were all identical. Oh, that's weird. And, yeah, it basically was a three-way switch. And I was like, what the shit is happening? And instead of leaving well enough alone, I fiddled with it. Until I went through three switches because I ruined them. Uh, and again, I've learned a lot in, in this time. And now I, I went, you know what, really what I want for this guitar, um, for the seven string stuff that I like to do, I don't need a five way. So I converted to a three way switch and I have, uh, again, Yet again, a proof of another screaming deal I found. Uh, someone on... I will go on Reverb and I will just scan for um, uh, pickups that... Like, pickup deals. Like, I'll just look for pickup deals. Um, sometimes I look for non-functioning pickups so that I can get them and rewind them. Um, sometimes I will look for, like the person who just has pickups laying around and is selling a set of them and goes nothing wrong with them. Just have them laying around 40 bucks. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I, and I was doing that cause I was looking for pickups for this guitar and I found a pair of pickups out of the angel Vivaldi signature from Charvel. Oh, nice. So gold top tone zone and path pro. And I found them, and I can't remember what the guy was selling them for. He was selling them for a song. Like, and I I sent him an offer 
to see if I could even go lower, and he accepted it. And I was just like, whoa. I just got a pair of gold top seven string Demarzios for next to nothing. And That's fun fact I learned though, I was like, oh, they're Demarzios. They're going to be there. They have a quick connect system on them. Seriously? Yep. Now, to be fair, you're mass producing a very specific set of pickups for a very specific guitar. You're going to try and make it as easy as possible. Um, and I thought they were, I, I honest to God thought they were knockoffs. I did. I thought I was getting, I, I thought I was getting hoodwinked. I thought I was getting bamboozled. No. Apparently Demarzio for those pickups will do a quick connect. And I when, went okay. When in the purple fuck did Demarzio start releasing a quick connect? Do well, they know how many hours I wasted trying Matt, to solder their shit? Easy. You still have to solder <laughs> them onto the switches. Um, okay. When I say quick connect, I mean to the 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 pickup, like okay. on the back of the pickup. Like right. so, take it easy, Tiger. The um, sorry, sorry. No, but I think it's because those pickups needed to be very quickly mass produced so it makes sense and and it doesn't affect the quality of the pickup but i i put them in there i wired them in for three-way uh three-way switching work great do i like them uh 100 not entirely but they they do the job and they they sound better than the stock pickups and frankly, the Tone Zone 7 sounds better than the Blaze. Fight me. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that. And, I've heard that um, a lot of people actually like the, the PAF7s in 7 strings primarily because they don't need all that output for that low end. No, and like that's the thing. They sound really good. The only thing I need to do is put a little foam in there to raise them up a little bit because they yeah. are a little low. Um, but But regardless, that's the thing is like, I got to, you get to the point where you do a mod and it doesn't work. And then you go down the rabbit hole and it, it, you know, you end up screwing everything up to the point where you throw your hands up. And I am not the type to go to someone and go help. I will beat my head against the wall until I have 7,000 concussions. Like, uh, and it's on principle at a certain point. It's not even, I want the job done. It's on principle. I will keep trying. Um, but I mean, I can't think of a lot of other mods that I've tried to do that went wrong. Um, I had a guy come to me, uh, uh, my buddy John came to me and he wanted a, um, he wanted his strat routed for Floyd Rose, but he wanted the, uh, the lion claw Steve Vai thing. Okay. Oh, boy. That's removing a lot of wood. Yeah, well, it's removing a lot of wood, but also, you know how hard it is to do that? <laughs> By I would hand imagine. With a router and files? Whew. Um, I would and, imagine, because you're getting awfully close to, um, well, I mean, just you can strip out that cavity. Oh, if trust uh, me. If you have the shakes like me. Oh, trust me, shit went wrong. Um, inevitably, I got it right, though. Um, 
I, I inevitably got it right. And I told John, I said, John, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't have a template for this. I did a lot of it freehand. Like it was that. And the thing is, I don't know if John's just a super nice guy or he legit was happy with it, but he was like, dude, I love this. And the thing was that guitar was not really made to handle a foot. Cause it was a, it was a squire from the eighties. Like not, mm, not okay. like a, it was, it wasn't a Japanese made one. If it was a Japanese made one, I would have looked at him and gone, be happy with what you have. Um, right. but like it, it was just, and it was scary because it was a guitar that meant the world to him. So I'm like, fuck, like I learned a lot about doing that kind of stuff, man. I'll tell you what. And you said about making mistakes, you burn out pots and stuff like that. Dude. Yeah. That's how you learn with this shit is making mistakes. Right. Like, and I tell every, I tell people who said, I want to, you know, start doing work on guitars and everything. And they said, at what point should I start working for other people? And I said, well, number one, send them to me. Number two, um, number two, do the work on your own guitars. Because if you screw up your own guitars, the only person that you're going to disappoint is you. Right. Like if you decide to take on a mod project or a repair for someone and you screw it up to the point that you don't know how to fix it, you're boned. Right. Like you're probably, you either have to a pay for the repair or B buy them a new guitar. Like you have to know your shit. And the thing is get a, get a junky guitar that you can make mistakes on or work on your own guitars and learn like, and you, and that's how you learn this stuff, man. You make mistakes. And you all, you also have to do a lot of pro bono work. You, you know, you have to be willing to, well, yeah, not, not get paid for some of it. Oh, I did that too early on yeah. or I worked oh, yeah. for, or I said, Hey, I'll take care of this for, uh, I'll, I'll do it for a pack of beer, a uh, six pack of beer. Right. Or like 10 bucks. Like, or you're doing it for a buddy, you know, for a one-time thing. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is though, you get to a point though, where you start honing your skills at a certain point, you got to value your work. Right. And you got to actually ask for an appropriate amount of money to do the job. Like I scalloped a fingerboard for a guy and I did that by hand with a rasp and a circular file. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you something that took me forever. And for about a month, the right side of my thumb was numb because of, from, from the repetition of doing that, I should have it. And I, and I told him after the fact, I, I, I already, I had quoted him a number at the beginning of it after it was done and he paid me and we're buddies. I told him, I said, if I ever scallop a fingerboard again, it's not going to be that cheap because right. it, it takes a long, long time to scallop a board. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah. And it's one of those telltale things where if you get too far down, like I've seen some of Richie Blackmore's um, odd projects where he went down to the truss rod that it gets dangerous after a bit. Oh no, it absolutely does. And that was one of my biggest fears 
that's why I measured out the depth that I wanted to cut every fret to and marked it off with tape. Like it, 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 it was, it was an endeavor, but it was rewarding. It was very rewarding. Um, and I would definitely do it again. But if someone came to me again, it wouldn't be that much. Now, the reason I also did it anytime someone comes to me and I haven't done that kind of repair before, I will cut them a break. So like, because that was my first scallop, I, that's also why that I charged him less because it was the first time scalloping a board and I had another neck laying around that I could test things out on. I had a junk neck that I could test out what, what files worked, what rasps worked, what, you know, mistakes and stuff like that before I actually executed it. So I did do my homework, you know, I didn't just go in there blind. Well, do you remember? Oh, there you are. Do you remember? I was just listening. Do you remember um, when I gave you the PRS to do pickup installation? Do you remember the happy little accident you had, which Uh, I actually miss? What what was it? Was it the middle pickup was out of phase? So yeah, somehow when I think you when you wound the the neck or the bridge pickup because we did one we did the bridge pickup first. That was the primary thing and. It got wired out of phase. So when you put it in the middle position, it was the Peter Green thing. Yep. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And then I kind of it kind of grew on me. And then when I got, um, when we did the neck pickup installation, uh, it had the same, or I mean, it, it went back to the stock uh, format, and it still sounded really good. But then there's that side where I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I had that 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 uh out of phase thing so i thought about putting a phase switch in there well but i'm like you know what just let it work for me. here here's the fun fact do you know why that was out of phase um because was it, did it have something to do with demarzio's wiring being different no it had something to do with the when both pickups were active the way that it was going through the circuit and the way the pickups were facing North and North were facing each other. Like basically the way it was wiring, it was going, Oh, like these pickups are wound the same direction. So they cancel each other out. So the stock Mm -hmm. neck pickup in that and the new DiMarzio bridge were out of phase because they were the same like polarities. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, kind of interesting how, how it happened like that. I thought it had a cool sound, had a great sound. Yeah. Like, and, and that's why I was like, you know, I like, I, it, it was a cool sound, but it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And you, you remember whenever I wired that in it, like, I was super like, I, I remember you had to talk me off the ledge Yeah, because I was, I get very hyper focused on a mistake and that's both a blessing and a curse for me yeah because you don't allow yourself any kind of relief no none and that that extends to every aspect of my wow we're going deep here that's uh no that like i get very obsessive over that kind of stuff dude even the some projects i've done for people 
Like even right now, sitting here talking to you, there this this is a problem I have, and it's something where truly I am my father's son. I I get to the point when I'm working on something that like I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you, we're talking about gear and, and mods and stuff like that, but in the back of my mind, the the back end of my mind is sitting here running through ways to work on the repairs that I have for two guitars that were brought to me today. Like I'm literally running through like solutions in my head right now, passively. So I can't ever shut it off. I do obsess because I enjoy it. Like I love doing this stuff as frustrating as as it can get. I love it. Well, when we were talking earlier about, um, you know, which of us knows more about gear, I definitely got, I got hooked on, just the aesthetic portion of it, like reading about pickups and reading about tone woods and reading about the history of the instruments. I think if anything, I'm more of a guitar historian than I am an actual guitarist. And I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, no. And and, and, dude, and that's the thing is like the, the, um, the world needs people like that. Like for me, I, I like the nuts and bolts of it more so than the history. Um, because now in the history, I, I love, because you do have to know that stuff, but like, you know, like, like, for example, guys like you or guys like Trogley, like Trogley knows everything about Gibson that's ever been ever forever in the history of ever. And like, to me, tackling the history of Gibson is like trying to fight Cthulhu with a toothpick like yeah. it because like ser- serial numbers alone are the most confusing shit in the world with Gibson like that's why I like the new George Lynch that I picked up you know why because there were 330 of them and all the serial numbers are L B T and then the number that's Simple. the serial number on those guitars like mine is L B T zero eight one yeah it's simple it's dirt it simple, simple. Stupid. and like Ibanez Ibanez's serial numbers are super easy to understand Charvel's right. are easy to understand Jackson are easy to understand F- even Fender Fenders are easy to understand Gibson just decided to go all cattywampus in the 70s was it the 70s or the 60s they got all fucky uh, I think it was during the Norlin era so it would have been the like early 70s yeah, that's kind of when that's kind of when Gibson went off the rails, at least as I understand it from a from a management standpoint, because that's when they started doing. Um, again, you can argue whether it's better or not, but that's when they started doing stuff like uh, the sandwich bodies, and when they started, were they using were they using rich light? I think for some of their fretboards. Yeah, you know, using using kind of that, that kind of fuckery. But again, it's it, it was a business decision. It wasn't probably necessarily designed by, like, it wasn't necessarily decided by luthiers and by musicians. It was a bunch of suits in an office in Manhattan somewhere or in L.A. somewhere. Yeah. Again, I'm generalizing, but, uh, you know, it was a business decision for better or worse. But it just kind of adds to the um, the legacy and the, the legends of those instruments well, that came out of that time period. And the thing is, you constantly, like, with Gibson, there's so many forgotten models and forgotten you know one-offs and goofy things like i mean the aldo nova for god's sake 
Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that. I had no idea that the Aldo Nova Les Paul existed until literally yeah. last week. Yeah, because not many people know who Aldo Nova is. I mean, I hadn't I heard of him until like a year ago. Yeah, uh, I recognize his music, but I'm like, oh yeah, I recognize that. I didn't know it was him though. But no, I'm and, like, uh, okay. And that's the thing is, it's like Aldo Nova. Like I'm like, who is this human, and why was he, be, be, betro- you know, bequeathed a fucking Gibson signature, Les Paul? Now, and that's yeah, nothing right. against you, Mister Nova. Like, like that, the, you know. And it's interesting, and it's very cool. And I don't know about you, but I really like the Explorer headstock on a Les Paul. It's a. It- Kind of, kind of. Well, because I, I started thinking of. I was just thinking the other day, uh, watching Joe Bonamassa play his uh, Les Paul with the Firebird reverse. Now, is it reverse or is it standard? I can't stand the way that looks. I love the way it looks. It goes against everything that I hold sacred. Yeah, but see, that's the problem. That goes back to the uh, what? What? What was the term you used about brand uh, myopia? Oh, brand. Yeah, brand, uh, brand my, uh, brand myopia. So. Yeah, brand myopia. Like that's the thing is like, it's the same kind of thing as you go. Okay, it's a single cut guitar. It's got to have a three by three headstock. Right. No, like it. No, it really I mean, doesn't. look at like you know what you know what guitar looks great with a six a single cut looks great with a six and a line headstock. What's that? The Solar. Yeah. The Solar single cut looks awesome with a six and a line headstock. Yeah, it does. And the uh, the the Balaguer Astral looks really good with a six and a line headstock. The Jackson, I can't remember the model name of it. The Jackson, the Marty Friedman. Oh, model. the Monarch. Oh no, that does that doesn't have a six and line headstock. That just has the that has the um the three by three, the three by three. But it's got the the, the pointy the point. The, yeah, I forget what the model of that is. That had a specific model. It's the Monarch. It, it was on it. Well, no, the headstock was it was called something else because oh. it came out on a guitar in like two thousand one or two thousand two. The SLS, the soloist SLS. I, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Like, but that, but that's the thing. Like to me, a Jackson looks weird with a three by three headstock. Like the the soloist yeah. SLS, I was like, that's odd. I don't like that. And then even the the Misha Mansours, I'm so, like, I don't, I get it, like. His guitar's a little classier, so like I gave it a pass and it's grown on me. But like, dude, like look at the okay. I know it's comparing apples and VW bugs here, but like look at the Mick Thompson signature. Like, dude, that is it to me. A black or white soloist with a reverse head Jackson headstock. I don't give a shit if it affects like string tension and stuff like that. It just looks good. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Matt Matt Pike from Bullet for My Valentine. He had that signature Randy Rhodes with a reverse headstock. Yeah. And I thought well, it looked great. We were talking about on the last podcast with or not Matt George Pike. Lynch. Uh, Matt was it Matt Pike? Well, I'm gonna look that up. Go ahead and no, talk. Matt, Matt Matt Pike was is a. Uh, He's the guy from Sleep. Oh yeah, um, he had uh, no, a th- signature pickup um, with uh, a lace pickup. Lace, yeah, lace. Yeah. The the dirty Hesher. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of appropriate. Yeah. Um, let me 
Uh, you go, go ahead. What were you going to say about we talked yeah. about on the last podcast? No, I was just going to say George Lynch. Um, I remember I I saw the video for Dream Warriors just Matt recently because Matt Tuck. I'm talking. Matt I'm Tuck. Sorry. That's it. Matt Tuck. I, I thought you were saying Matt Talk. I'm like, I am talking. Jack no, 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 no. Matt <laughs> Matt Tuck is the name of Matt, Matt Tuck. Tuck, not Matt Pike. Yeah, yeah. Matt um, Pike is the guy from Sleep and, yeah. and High on Fire. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I remember seeing. Uh, Lynch with his uh, early ESPs, and they had the banana head stock in reverse, <laughs> which I always thought looked a little goofy, but again, it it worked for him. Well, somewhat, and, and that was kind of in the time of like the banana head stock and uh, Kramer. Yep. You know, I mean, the banana—you either love the banana head stock or you hate it. It's kind of like the cock stock, the ESP cock stock. I, I'm. I love the cock stock. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, I, I, I think that, that looks really cool. And I know I you. I didn't it. think you were a big fan of it. No, I, dude. It just look like to me. It's. It's like a Schecter headstock. Like, the Schec. I'm sorry. Like Schecter. I love you to death. Your six and a line headstock looks really good. You you slap the Schecter headstock on, like. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't... It looks good on Vs. Uh, on, like, some stuff. But, like, to me, a double-cut Super Strat needs a, a six-in-a-line headstock. It just does. Well, like, if... So, when you're talking about the the cockstock, because I think that's another... That's another anomaly. Like, I'm I'm thinking of the, the headstock that was on the old Paige Hamilton models. Um, not when they transition, because if you remember, uh, in like the mid two thousands, uh, ESP and LTD switched over to a to a, an open book style, uh, uh, double uh, three three by three headstock. Yeah, and they put that on the horizons, and that looked atrocious. Oh, that did. You're right. You're right. That looked terrible. I remember. But even... then they switched. No. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Then they switched a couple years later. They had it on for a long time, and then they switched over to the Schecter style headstock, which looked yeah, it, it doesn't look bad. But the the original cockstock headlock uh, headstock uh, that was on like the Paige Hamilton models, and that was on the early uh, like H four hundred and H five hundred models, I thought looked really good, at least with that body style. You okay? I I will concede. You're right. The cockstock looked good on the Paige Hamilton model. The brushed aluminum one? Yes. It looked good on that one, and I can say that because there was a guy in my area who was selling one. And I almost mm. I almost bought it. It literally yeah, would have bro- it would have broken me for a whole paycheck if I would have bought it. And he had fish oh, you know what's even cooler? He had the fishman um uh Stefan Carpenter six string pickup in it. That's interesting. They only made those for a short time. And in retrospect, I'm kicking myself for not getting... Number one, that guitar played great. Number two, that pickup was amazing. Amazing. Hmm. They should still make that in a six-string version. It is my favorite Fishman pickup. And, that's and they interesting, don't though, make that it. you didn't keep the DiMarzios in it. But again, I guess that's not for everybody. No, because it was an, it was an air zone. Yeah. Like and and that's the thing like Paige Hamilton Paige Hamilton's playing is kind of like it, it's it, helmet is an acquired taste. 
Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, Helmet's a great band. But, like, they are one of those bands that, like, when you listen to them, you either are going to love them immediately or you have to grow into them. Which, to be fair, in my opinion, is kind of how Deftones are. Yeah. Deftones you got to kind of grow into because... Ch- Ch- Chino's voice. I don't. I don't. Uh, anyway, we're getting we're getting yeah, wildly off topic it, here. Um, no, it's all good. But like, no, like as far as mod projects, like mod projects go, like you, dude, there's so much you can do, and the cool thing is there's more product out there than there's ever been, which leads me into our next topic that we were that we said we were going to cover in this podcast. <laughs> and that's weird off-beaten guitar brands that pop up and kind of start worming their way into the guitar zeitgeist. Not necessarily in a bad way, but they're like brands that present themselves as established and present themselves as we've been around forever or we're a really quality brand. You got to just take a risk on us. And you have an example and I have an example. And we'll do that here in just a moment. Now, nah, we're not going to have any sponsors here. We don't have any sponsors yet, but we could. Anyone we've talked about or badmouthed, why not? So for this <laughs> conversation, I feel like I need to have another beer. By the way, not sponsored, but could be. I'm having a delicious beer called Old Graveyard by Molly Pitcher. It's an espresso stout. Oh, my. Mm. That sounds exquisite. It's mighty good. And the thing was, I was looking at my beers I have. All of them, except for this one, are 8.5 up. So I was like, "Mm, we'll go ahead and have this one. Because it's only six. Uh, But anyway, so talking about like guitar brands that like have just seem to like pop up out of nowhere and just have a really good marketing team or they pay for a lot of like, it's like brands that you're like, what, why would I buy this? What are you? Why am I seeing you all the time? You have an example that you brought to light to me that I'd never heard of. Lay it on me. Okay. So while we were on our last podcast, like I normally do, I sit at my computer and I start pulling up, um, no, I won't tell you what I'm really looking at, but uh, no, I start looking up. Um, oh, like on you know, yeah, that's our other podcast, our late night podcast. Um, no, I start looking up <laughs> stuff on Reverb and on eBay, and I just start seeing what's available, what's going on, what's the current trends, and I also go on Guitar Center um, just to see what was what was going on there that they had in the used market, and this name popped up that I had never heard before, and I had to research it, and I believe it. We decided it's called Kananyaking. Kananyaking? Kananyaking? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a it's it's an almost Polynesian name, but it's a Russian company. And they build essentially super strats and hot rotted tellies, at least from what I saw. And it's weird because I can't find anything else. And and you were doing you were doing some research too. We can't find really anything notable about this company it looks like it's a russian company that might have outsourced chinese parts um but i mean the one i was looking at it was the 
oh god, what was it, the thirteen or whatever? Um, looked really nice, but at a distance. So if I were to get up in personal with one of these, would it be a steaming pile of shit or would it be something actually worthwhile? Well, it, and that's the weird thing about these companies is that like it it seems like and 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 I want to preface everything we're about to say. This is not hating on these companies. It's just our not confusion. Like of like where did you come from? Why have you started? What's your mission statement? Because in my opinion, it seems like a flashy cash grab. Um, and again, I could be wrong. Um, and my and and I might actually invalidate that opinion uh, with my argument, my brand that I'm going to bring up. But th- yeah, this 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 brand that Matt threw at me, I looked at it and it seemed like they design a model from going on their website. Um. And, and looking around, first of all, like I said, I discovered it's a Russian company, which, again, nothing wrong with that. But they the first thing I saw was there was a link to become an influencer with them. So they're going for the viral thing, but they're going for the viral thing through what would seem like an Instagram-y kind of route where it's like, hey, sign up to be an influencer with us. And I don't know what the terms and conditions of that are, but it seems like, hey, if we deem you worthy of being an influencer, we'll give you a heavy discount or provide you product or something. And, you know, you 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 go on it, you know, and show it off and everything like that. And that's that's all well and good. But wh- why would I want to do that? Because I feel like if that was the case then it was like, oh, you're almost obligated to say nice things about it. Yeah, it's almost a disingenuous thing. Like, and I, it, you often wonder when when these artists sign these endorsements, are they signing? I mean, we we'd like to hope that it's coming from a sincere place because nobody wants to mislead anybody. But, um, again, one of my one of my big pet peeves and not shitting on anybody is the band Kiss how they have essentially been a marketing dream for for the recipients of this stuff, but kind of a logistical nightmare because they endorse, like Paul Stanley has endorsed guitars that, all, as we know them, are complete steaming piles of shit. Again, oh, not to be judgmental, like, but... Oh, Silvertone? Like some of the Silvertone stuff. Yeah, and they're just, they're god-awful. And he's like, I, I remember seeing an ad maybe... 15, 20 years ago, where he says, I can play any guitar I want to, and I choose Silvertone. No, you don't. They're paying you a shit ton of money to pretend to play on stage their crappy instruments. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little snarky here, but that's very misleading to younger players. And I think that paints a very uh, confusing image for them that it it's okay to play garbage, and it's okay... To, but then it puts this idea in your head that if you want to, if you want to be a rock star, if you want to be a great player, go play what the players play. And if you're not playing the gear you endorse, that's 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 a major stab in the back to the to the fans. I think. Well, that maybe and, that's a simpleton's view. Well, and the thing is, there's the whole. This brings into the idea of ghost building. Like right. Paul Stanley is, you can see him playing live. He played the the weird models of Silvertone that he endorsed. Right. Like he had them on stage. 
However, they were not the ones you bought. Right. They weren't. They were they were ghost built by someone uh someone else. They absolutely right. were. Um and you you supposedly there's a lot of more and I use this term loosely, there's more reputable companies that have ghost built for their artists or they give their artists you know USA built or higher quality custom shop builds than the ones that are sold at you know companies like Craig Chikiso talked about that I remember in the you know do you remember the Carvin DVD where they had like a I whole never bunch saw of artist it. interviews and stuff I never saw it but I know about it because it I always used to I would order the Carvin catalogs and they would always have an ad for for getting the DVD and I just never jumped on it Oh dude I I got it um, when I because I ordered them too, and I ordered the DVD, and it it, it came free. It was free, like, okay. uh, and I I watched it, and I watched it a million times, and like listening to Bunny Burnell uh, talk about his signature that he used to have with them, um, and uh, Frank and the big one, and I wish I could find the DVD now. Because Frank M. Bali talked about his tone navigator preamp. And I have one. Yeah. Did oh, I ever tell you that? That's right. Vaguely. I, I wasn't sure if you... I remember you talking about it, but I didn't remember whatever came out of it. Dude, it is... I don't know why that preamp catches so much crap as a bad preamp. Like, people saying it doesn't have enough gain. No, it doesn't have, it doesn't have too much saturated gain. Right. Like it, it has it, it, it just, if you ever get the chance to play one of those, try it and tell me you hate it because you're well, wrong. Like it's, it's Frank, a, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say Frank Ambali is one of those players that he didn't use a lot of gain, but his, his tone had, had such a sustain to it that it would lead you to think that he was using a ton of gain. If I remember correctly, he might've been using, I, I, and I've heard conflicting stuff. I've heard that it was a, Mesa Studio preamp with a Boss Super Overdrive um, as the primary gain. I've heard that it was a uh, a Hot Rod Marshall uh, JMP. I've heard so many different things, but he's one of these players. And again, it's probably a lot has to do with the hands. His his tone was so I, I call it liquidy. It just it just flows. Oh um, yeah, but it's not it's not a ton of gain. It's not the, like you said. It's not the saturation. It's the we'll say legato it's the it's but a lot of that is this phrasing too he has perfect phrasing he knows how to sustain with notes uh you know just all that kind of bullshit right plays into it if i were to play that it would probably sound like a can of bees i don't know right don't know, but i'd be very curious to try it yeah who knows but anyway my point was craig chikiso talked about his signature acoustic that he had and that i believe he still has uh with carvin and he talked about, I was with another company and I went into a music store and they had my guitars and I picked it up. I picked up and played them and they weren't anything like my guitars. And that's hmm. when he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. And, um, so he went away from his other signature and he went to Carvin and he has been playing Carvin ever since. Like, 
to the best of my knowledge. Um, and that's something to be said is that these, that's the thing is like Craig Chikiso came out very vocally and said, Hey, this is what happened. And he stands by the stuff he plays. Like what, what I'm playing is what you get. And that is something that I will say about Carvin slash Kiesel that I think is really endearing is that they, the guitars that they give to their artists are the same ones that you get. And I like that. But this, this leads me back to uh, my point with, you know, you said about Silvertone and, you know, uh, what what's the name of this brand that we're we're talking about? Kai, 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 uh, Kanon, it looks like Kanonia uh, King or Kanonia Keen. Yeah, I, Kanonia I can't King. even pronounce it. Kanonia yeah. King or it's probably like Kanye Nakin or something like. Or, I don't know. I I I'm not a cunning linguist. But like, if you go well, I feel bad for your wife. The uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> but like the um, it's it's the. It's the fact that they present their product like this, you know, they, they really do a great job on making their website look like really clean and polished. They have like each guitar model gets released. And then when those, when they're sold out, they're done. Like it's like small batch runs. So you kind of have to jump on buying it, Um, which is an interesting way of doing it because it kind of forces scarcity. And it kind of makes you go, oh, if I don't buy this now, I'm not going to get it. And so you buy it. But where are the guitars made? Are they Where are they made? What are the, like, you know, they have the specs up. You can read the specs. And this is not saying the guitars aren't quality. Maybe they are just trying to build a name. But to me, looking at them, they look like a flashy Chinese-made guitar. Which, again... Not necessarily a bad thing, because I've owned Chinese guitars that were great. Um, mm-hmm. I've, you know, import does not mean bad. Like, there's a lot of people who will not play import guitars, and they look down their nose at them. Those, like, they're cork sniffers. You need to let go of that, because, like, th- like I said, the George Lynch that I picked up, that Burnt Tiger, it was made in Korea. It's awesome. <laughs> like, it plays great. And it sounds really good. Like, you know, it was made in arguably one of the, if not the best factories in Southern Asia. Like it was done at world music, right? Right. We think we assume it was world music, but yeah, that's, that's a company. I mean, you've mentioned all of the brands that have that work out of world music. It's, it's legit a hundred percent. Well, you know, and 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 that's the thing is like you can tell quality like i mean all of the the epiphone stuff is made in china or indonesia i think china china right and that's the thing they're chinese made guitars but that doesn't mean that they're bad in fact the new this new run of epiphone this re kind of almost rebranding is right. going over like gangbusters people are loving it Um, so, you know, keep that in mind, but they have a look of a guitar, this Konya necking or Kina Kinika or Keemstar or whatever. They, they have this look, they have this just look of like a guitar that's flashy, but won't hold up. I could be wrong, 
I would love to try one and see if I'm wrong. Um, yep. you know, but who knows? Um, so maybe check them out yourself. Uh, I mean, Matt, how do you spell that name? It's K O N O Y K H E E N E. Don't ask me to spell that again. Okay. But yeah, that was, that was crazy. Like, I'm like, I have never heard of this brand and the name takes up the, the entire headstock, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, and the headstocks are like a slightly modified Fender headstock. Um, right. And, and it, so check them out yourself. See if you agree with us, whatever. Um, but the the brand I'm going to bring up is one that I'm sure you heard of. If you're a Facebook user, you've heard of this brand. Matt, what brand am I going to bring up? Mm, have we talked about this before? No. Mm, it could be anything. Think of offbeat guitars that have really good, seemingly really good social media branding. Mm. Guitars yeah. that are are on the surface a good price. They kind of look weird, but people seem to like them. Mm. Oh, there's so many though. You ready? Uh, I'm, I'm done. With it. Yeah, throw it at me. Hard luck kings. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. Okay, right? yeah. I see there those. I see those pop up all the time. Hard luck king on the used market. Uh, yeah, you see them. For, there was a time about four years ago, maybe three years ago, they were all over the used market, and 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 more so specifically in Guitar Center. Like, I remember looking at. Pretty much, I stick to Pennsylvania Guitar Centers in Ohio, like border border of Ohio and and Pennsylvania Guitar Centers. Dude, there was at least two Hard Luck Kings in almost every single one, like guitars. And again, it kind of goes back to what Matt was saying about this Kanoya King brand. They... The Condoleezza Condoleezza Rice guitars. The um, Jesus. (laughs) The um, no, the the Hard Luck Kings. They were a brand that popped up on Facebook, and you know, and I looked at them. I'm like, okay, what is this? And you look at them, and again, it it looks like if you asked a a fifth grader to draw you an explorer. A flying V, a Firebird, a Strat, and a Tele. It it just they they look they're in the ballpark of those guitars, but they look wrong. And they come in colors that are like obnoxious, and they come in like they. Ha- I want to actually see if their website is still functioning because I know Hard Luck Kings is still around. Let me see hard. Yep. Luck Kings. There we go. Yeah, hard I'm, luck on, Kings. I'm on it. Yep. Yeah, you're there. So like it's it says hard luck King. first of all, they have that heroin chic thing. Like it seems like they're playing to the um it seems like they're playing to the um the the Papa Roach Buck Cherry type. You know what I mean? 
Like the yeah, it's it's two thousand one, and I hate my life. Uh, I'm sorry that that's that's not no. You know, that, all right, the uh, yeah, yeah. I'm ch- you, you know what I mean. I'm joking. Now you look at them and like their boss man, which is their single cut. Um, on the surface, like there's one here that's like it looks like a Black Beauty, like it has the binding, triple pickups, gold hardware, black finish, but it looks like a guitar that would be sold on CV, uh, what is it? The the uh, home shopping network at two in the morning. Like yeah, QVC. Yeah, yeah. QVC. It looks like a guitar would be sold on QVC. Now, again, you're gonna hear me sound like I'm bad mouthing the shit out of Hard Luck Kings. Just wait for it; it gets better. The uh, like, I'm looking at their their custom series 23. It's a f- off, slightly offset traditional looking flying V that says Outlaw on the headstock, not Hard Luck Kings. And it has one star inlay, and it comes in a neon green finish. It's just like it; it's unappealing to look at. Then they have their custom twenty three Lady Luck, which is their Explorer, and it looks like an Explorer that was like put through a rock tumbler. Like I can't, and and again on the headstock. It says Lady Luck. It doesn't say Hard Luck Kings. Like, that's the thing. Is It's like there's no... It doesn't seem like there's... It doesn't seem like there's uniform branding here. And, and like... Like, I, I can't... I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, they're Firebird. It looks like a Firebird that was kept in the oven too long. Like, it, it, I they're... Now some things are cool, like they have their, they have their uh, uh, bombshell in twenty four carat, which is a completely gold guitar strat copy, gold paint, gold pickups, gold pick guard, gold knobs, gold bridge, gold tuners, everything gold, rosewood fingerboard. <laughs> Why would you maple? Do a maple board. And then or even the a other, phenolic board. And then, yeah, a phenolic board. Why not do a phenolic board that's in gold, like gold the whole some bitch out? But then on the headstock, it has a badge that says HLK, and you can read it when the guitar is standing straight up. Like, I, are you also looking at this website? Uh, I had to walk away from it because it was kind of giving me really bad anxiety. Dude, and that's the thing is like, you know, their jazz bass actually looks pretty accurate short of the headstock. There's bomb inlays. It's called the bombshell bass. Like they have an they have their their SG knockoff that they call the Maverick. And again, like it's it's you know, HLK Pro diecast tuners. It doesn't tell. It says high output ceramic pickups. Like it, I get it. Like, like that's the other thing is they have like a handmade pewter logo, which is the most. Okay, I'm being a dick now. I'm just being a dick. It's the most legit looking thing on this website, and it's meant to install. 
below the bridge of your guitar, you screw it in. And it looks good. It's a good-looking logo. Like, and it's a good-looking, like, pewter thing. And it's $79. This pewter logo is $79. You can get their Southern Bell, which is their their Telecaster ripoff, for $139. (laughs) The pewter logo is $79. Their Southern Bell is $139. You can have... For an additional $40, you can have a five-star pro setup on your guitar. I, I'm I'm uh, sitting here and I'm just this it I I can't help but look at this. I I can't help but look at this. And they're saying a five-star setup is valued at $150, which is fret level, dress, crown, and Hand polish spreads, intonation and tuning. Okay. So are they saying that the guitar like sent to you is basically as is? So you're effectively buying a $250 guitar. You that's the thing is it's like so the guitar is let's say the Southern Bell, $139, right? Right. For an additional 39.95 you can have it pro set up, which means okay. basic setup of what a brand new guitar should have, right. which is like, which is that like come out of the having, factory like that, having level frets, polished frets and being intonated. That to me is insulting. Yeah. Like, that's like QC. That should have been done in the factory before the guitar was shipped. Right. Like, that's the thing, is it's like, their their image is this, like, semi-biker, semi-rat-rod, semi-I-hang-out-at-dive-bars. Like, I don't get it. Like, that that's my thing. Maybe it's the image that's going on. Yeah. Like, like, that was all the pre-order stuff. Now I'm looking at what they, what they're selling now. And, like, they have a Queen of Spades Lady Luck, which, again, if you remember from earlier, is their explorer that was put through a rock tumbler. And and it's <laughs> in, like, a, it's a prismatic purple-blue, but it just looks cheap. It looks cheap and confusing, and, and I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like... They had a, a wolf base, they called it, which is like, I, I can't, like, I, maybe I'm just not understanding it. And if anybody is listening to this and wants to throw shade and yell and scream at me and saying I'm being a cork sniffer right now, I'm not being a cork sniffer. It says the pros, it says the pros choose hard luck kings. Who? No, they don't. <laughs> Who? I don't even see an artist page. And I'm pretty sure Philip McKnight did a very quick uh, video where he talked about Hard Luck Kings. Really? And he basically, I think, I think it might have been in one of his, it was either in one of his FAQs or one of his um, Google Hangouts. And he was talking about, you know, cheap guitars that don't, cheap guitars that have good value and cheap guitars that don't have good value. And Hard Luck Kings was one of those that it was cheap guitars, but you were putting in more money to to get the guitar playable 
than was actually worth. So yeah, you you just bought a guitar for one hundred and thirty dollars, but you sunk in one hundred and fifty dollars in maintenance work on it. Well, and that's the thing is that they're offering for an additional forty dollars a quote unquote pro setup, which means a basic setup for a brand new guitar. So yeah, yeah like you said, that one hundred and thirty dollar guitar now all of a sudden is almost two hundred because you're paying for something that they should do anyway. Like, and, and then here, okay, here's the, the other thing that's chapping my ass. I went over to their extras tab on their website and I'm seeing, okay, again, this, this handmade HLK pewter logo. And it says, we install it with the order. So if you order a guitar for an additional $79, you can have this big, ugly thing put on your guitar. And I said earlier, it looks good, but I thought, oh, this would be cool to put on like your workbench or put on like maybe a case or something, but like to put it on the guitar. Anyway, in their extras, they also have accessories. Now, Matt, when I say accessories and I'm talking about a guitar, what am I talking about? Um, string winder, Allen keys. Go on, picks, keep going. Uh, maybe a small cable. Right. Stuff that shouldn't cost very much. No, we're talking about jewelry, Matt. We're accessorizing. So, oh yeah. So, the King's Collection is what they're calling their their aesthetic here. So, the first one is they call it it's a it's a wristband called the Bankroll. It's stainless steel with an antique finish element, braided double leather cord fits up to nine inches so it'll fit my big fat wrist and it's slide a slide clasp enclosure how much do you think this thing costs uh 69 69.99 65 close yeah damn the king's collection That's necklace crazy. it's a cross like a like a like a uh i'm a cool dad cross 65 dollars. that's sold out uh, they have another wristband. <laughs> it's two skulls, um, and a and a leather wristband. Sixty five dollars. The they're all sixty five dollars. Like they have an HLK Hard Luck King strap. Now it looks like this is the one I will give them credit on. This strap actually looks nice. It's it's like a thick, heavy, like wide leather strap. It actually it's a hundred percent genuine leather. 59 bucks. Okay, you know what? I'll give them credit on that. That actually looks like a badass strap. I will give them that. But like, dude, the, this feels like someone came up with an idea for a brand and said, we should make it a guitar company. Like someone came up with the idea of Hard Luck Kings and said, let's make guitars. It's it's like a... <sighs> Well, all right. So I think we we might have found a new segment in our podcast where we just talk about the most batshit crazy ridiculous things that we've seen. And I don't know. Maybe we'll call it straw grasping with Matt and Chuck. I don't know. But that's just that's just I, I like I'm sitting here half laughing out of pure entertainment and half laughing out of just depressive anxiety because that's so like. And again, not to get on the brand thing, but. For an additional $150, you could get a used Mexican Fender. You know? I, I just... Uh, 
a beaten up just, one, but still. Right. Or one that's been heavily used, you know. So you're yeah. in the you're in the two fifty three hundred range. Yeah, you're going to be you're pricing yourself into the lower end of the the used Mexican fenders or um, Schecters or uh, even God even Ibanezes, uh, halfway decent Korean Ibanezes. You can spend that much. Oh yeah, on. absolutely. And here's the fun part. Like to now, understandably, I was I was trading for a guitar that has value. Um, right. And they offered to have because it needed a setup, and it was very clear that that my my uh, George Lynch needed a setup. They offered when I when I when I when I acquired it, they said, "Hey, let's let me run it back here. We'll do a quick setup on it for you. Get it playable. Get this." And I told the guys, I said, "No, you don't have to do that. Like because the guy who actually works there as the tech, like that would eat up his time." Like, I, I, I know how to handle that. Like, don't worry right. about it. It was very generous of them to do that. But, like, you know, I, I... And I understand this makes it sound like I'm just being a dick to hard luck kings. And you know what? I've had a couple beers. I might be. <laughs> but, like, the thing that bothers me, that really bothers me about it is that there there doesn't seem to be any care and instead of building in cost and focusing on delivering a product that looks good sounds good and really is something substantial you're delivering something that's just not okay you're you're delivering an image you're not delivering a solid product that yeah i was just going to say bothers that bothers me you're they're they're banking on people buying into the aesthetic of being a rock star and not actually investing in the guitar as an instrument it's well, this is something that you're going to that you're going to invite your friends over uh to watch to watch UFC or something um as a UFC fan i i, I can safely say that oh same. um yeah you know you you know some of the demographics but like this is the thing that you're going to that you're going to pull out that you're going to put on your um, they're going to put on your pedestal on your house that you're going to leave out, sit out so your friends can see, Oh, look at me. I'm a rock star. And again, not, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just, I, I find that almost treating the buyers like they're children, like they're idiot children and saying, you're going to buy this because it looks cool. I just, I, when you're deliberately selling to an image, not, the instrument as you know and uh, it's it's hard to explain it's hard to explain but yeah i'm we're on the same page with it it's a ca it's a cash grab it's like someone yeah. started a company and they caught a little bit of fire and people went wow these guitars are look at these features and it's only 225 dollars oh man and then you get the guitar and sure it might do okay, but they're they're also targeting people. It's okay, Matt. You ready for the bef before I ruin your palate? I'm going to do a palate cleanser here. So okay, because I'm going to what? Okay, uh, no, I was going to say because I got if you're going to clean if you're going to cleanse my palate, I, I'm probably going to take a shit on yours. 
because oh. I got something that's been stewing for a few minutes. But, oh, I'll yeah. bet you, I'm going to throw one word at you, and it's got. I'll bet you it'll trump anything you have coming. Okay, but to, but but this is a palate cleanser. So okay. we all know that Fender reissued um, the the um, heavy metal Strat, right? Yes. Yes. Well, definitely. guess guess what they just reissued now. It just popped uh, up. I decided to pop on Sweetwater. Guess what they reissued? Oh, I, I haven't seen it. What? What is it? Fender re-released, and they are made in Japan, as is tradition. The Fender Boxer Series Strat. The what? The Boxer, the Boxer Series. The Boxer Series Strat. It was a Japanese, and I had, I had heard about this, and it's it's a um it's a Strat. That was made in Japan, and I'm gonna put the the I'm gonna put the link in chat for you. Um, yeah, sorry, folks, you're not getting these links, but uh, Matt, I'm gonna throw that up there. Check this out. What? Check this out. No, I just logged on. What is that, dude? Double humbucker, made in Japan. Strat. It comes in. Uh, was it silver? Uh, Inca silver and Sherwood green metallic. Yeah, I just saw the the Sherwood green metallic. I uh, I had to pick my tongue up off the floor. Are dude, you fucking kidding at, me? Look at Inca Silver. Inca Silver's it. Dude. I saw that. Like, no, I saw that too. That was nice. It's it's basswood body, maple neck, rosewood board, two humbucking pickups. Like it's it's based on and it says here quoting based on Fender's Boxer series from the 80s which I'd heard about and they're hard to find. The Fender Boxer series lets you choose between classic strat tones or heavy humbucking ten uh, tenacity with the flip of a switch. Um, it's basically it has a coil tapping switch, and uh, the 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 switching system. But like, dude, the it is a it is a Fuji Gen made like Fender, like the, the like box, like dude, that right there is to me. If you if you moved the volume knob if you switched where the volume knob and the coil tap are that's my ideal strat you know and i i Put actually thought you were, when you said not? when you said when you said fender i thought you were going to tell me they they released the heartfield no and then i was going to then i was going to go breaking bad and start making meth in my basement to, to finance <laughs> that shit um but man good on fender though because the, you know you want to talk about mod platforms the most mod you could argue the most modded guitar of all time is the strat yep i mean look at our look at our recently deceased king edward van halen the king of mods the f the founding father if you want to call it the mod community with with fender parts basically so good on fender for for um for keeping their hand on the on the switch so to speak uh also Hard right turn. Boo on you, uh, Schechter, for not properly re reissuing the uh, blackjack. Um, I, yeah. I like the new blackjack. I do. I will say I really dig the 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 look, but like man, it's just not the same as the original blackjacks. Also, re release the double O shape, Schechter. Come on. Um, I was just gonna say the the double O seven with the single coil in the neck and the yep. humbucker in the bridge. Forget it. Yeah. Reissue that shit. Schechter, what are you doing? Anyway, yeah. so Matt, you said you were going to shit on my palate. I'll tell you what. You yeah. say yours, and then I'll say mine, and we'll say who has the biggest shit. 
Oh man. Okay. So the, the brand that really like offends me on a cellular level and you know, again, we sound like gigantic pricks right now, but this is just opinion. This is just conjecture. This is just how I feel, but there's some tongue in cheek parts to this, but this generally offends me when you talk about advertising and marketing a mm -hmm. guitar as a pro level model and then selling it to the community at a lower rate and having a complete the complete exact opposite of what you're marketing wait when i think of that let's say it together yeah ready one okay one two, two three esteban three. no what what was yours first act oh okay i'm gonna devil's advocate you but go ahead go on your tangent well as i understand the high end like you want a good uh you want a good first act guitar you're gonna pay a couple grand for it as i understand the custom shop versions are legitimate the custom shop is wacky good yeah yeah because it's made by people who really care about the instrument now for some reason there's somebody there that's marketing that to walmart Again, no, we're not going to get into Walmart, but you know, I remember back in the day, you used to be able to buy those guitars for sixty bucks in Walmart. Oh yeah, and they and people bought them Best Buy, they had them. But you know what? Fender did the same thing with the Starcaster. Yeah, yeah. Not the Starcaster model, the brand Starcaster. Oh yeah. I so dude, I look. <laughs> For the thing is the difference the difference between what I mentioned and what you mentioned is that I will give the benefit of the doubt to first act because their custom shop is immaculate from all accounts. Right. Bell. I've I've heard that many times. Nice. Um seriously. There it, it's immaculate. Um you the 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 thing with them taking the opportunity to s sell their stuff in um Walmart and Best Buy and weird places like that they saw an opportunity to make money and they took it i'm not going to fault them and i understand you're going well you just shit all over hard luck kings and i'm like <laughs> yeah but hard luck kings doesn't have a a, a custom shop okay like they don't they're they're probably more than likely a bunch of guys who got guitars made in China or wherever and then don't really care. Like, I'm sorry. It seems that way. Again, fight dude, we're gonna either catch so much hate or get people to stand behind us on this. I've I'm gonna have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> uh, seriously. The so um my my point was um with this first act I give the benefit of the doubt to because they actually like had people playing their shit and you know like they had Mastodon playing their shit they had Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick they had uh, Matt Pike we mentioned earlier from High on Fire he was playing one yeah. like their shit is actually really actually uh, was it Paul Riario from Guitar, uh, Guitar World back in the day had one made to show hey first act is no slouch you know what I mean? Like, they know what they're doing at, on, and, uh, on a pro level. Don't forget about Adam Levine. Adam, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, or Sorry, Volkswagen. I went there. Or Volkswagen. 
Volkswagen. You know, oh, the, God. you remember the Volkswagen that had the built-in uh, amp and it came with the guitar? I know people who bought that. Jesus, like people Christ. actually bought the car and bought the guitar along with it and thought that they had something They're like, oh yeah, you can play it through the car. Yeah, that's awesome. Try again. That's ridiculous. Anyway. Hey, they got slashed for the ad, so I mean, I can't fault them. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah. but uh, but Esteban, mm. like, dude, I remember when I started playing guitar. I stayed up late one Friday night, and I caught the 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 commercial, the the infomercial about Esteban guitars, right. and I'm watching this guy playing. And I'm like, oh my god, it sounds so good. It sounds so great. It sounds so this. And it had the. It's an acoustic guitar, and it had a little amp with it. And the amp had distortion on it. So he's playing an acoustic through distortion. And I, and my naive little brain was like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> and you know, and and I just imagine some poor parent or grandparent being up at that hour watching this and their their son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter wants to play guitar and they call in and buy this piece of shit mm-hmm. and they pay whatever it was at the time what $99 whatever it was something like that yeah, yeah and they and they go on this whole thing and like you hear Esteban talking about the guitar and said oh it's genuine herringbone and it's this and it's that and it's this and then uh, fuck you like it's it, it and and then you are unbelievably aggro tonight dude, it I'm, amazing. no it's because like my issue and and the reason is and I'm going to I'm going to tie this all up because we're getting really long in the tooth on this one um <laughs> I'm going to tie this up because I could keep going but like, here's right. my umbrage, and and the reason that this has become such a, a a difficult thing for me over the years, and why it's become such a, a, a nerve that gets hit, is because I have had over the years people come to me when they want to buy their significant other or their kid or whatever their first guitar. And they have people who will prey on them. And, you know, some less reputable stores prey on them and and try and sell them a guitar that is $79.99 or $99.99 and it's a garbage fire. And then the guitar is given to that person and they play it and it won't stay in tune or it frets out or it plays poorly or it sounds like garbage that's what causes a lot of people to quit playing Very really poorly set up instrument a, a, not even a poorly set up instrument a poorly made instrument made yeah like i i've seen it a million times i ask people like so oh, yeah i tried playing guitar when i was younger but i quit playing why well it hurt my fingers Okay, were you playing an electric or an acoustic? An acoustic. Well, you got to build up your calluses. And they're like, yeah, but it was hard to push down the, the strings. And the more I ask them, the more it's like, because the strings were, you could drive up an 18 wheeler underneath the strings, the action so high, you right. know, or the guitar is made so poorly 
that it won't stay in tune. And it breaks my heart that there are people who had this dream of, or, or this goal of playing guitar, and it was spoiled by this thing that was given to them that, that is so low quality that it won't grow with them or work with them. And now with the advent of the internet, people will go on Amazon and type in beginner guitar or starter guitar. And all these no-name brands from out of nowhere will pop up and they'll look pretty and it'll say, it, you get a bag or it'll have like tons of other features with it. And it's just like, it's just like, They'll, they'll be taken in by this and they'll send me a message. Some of them have the wherewithal to talk to people like me and they'll say, Hey, my kid wants to play guitar. I found this guitar. What do you think? Or, Hey, is this a good deal? And I tell them no. And I explain to them why, because usually they're people who don't know and they just want to get something that'll get them started and they don't want to put the money into it because they don't want to lose an investment. And that's right. fair. But again, like I had a I had a, a friend of mine come to me and, and with this exact situation and he sent me a link to Amazon to this no-name off-brand that I'd never heard of before. And the guitar, I looked and I went, okay, no. And so I sent them to my local music store and I said tell them you know tell them what you want tell them you know who you're buying for tell them what your budget is and I said be prepared to pay at least a hundred and fifty dollars minimum and they and they'll say well that's a lot of money why and I explained to them why and then their kid will get a better playing guitar that will grow with them for the first couple years. And then when they show that they actually want to do it, you can then go, okay, let's take a step up and buy them a nicer guitar. Right. Like I will forever be grateful to my parents for my first electric guitar, which was a Samick SG copy. It held tune and played great and grew with me. And it made me love playing guitar. Like, and, and from there it, you know, we've gotten to the point now that I'm sitting here talking to you past midnight about <laughs> gear. Like it's become the thing that I do. And like, if they would have gone and bought an Esteban or, you know, a first act from Walmart, I might've been like, F screw this. You know, so like, that's why you said I'm so like up in arms or heated or whatever. That's the reason why is because I don't deal with this shill make a quick buck shit when it comes to guitar because I love it so much. It's kind of like, okay, have you ever had someone you don't like recommend a TV show to you? Yeah. And you, you immediately don't want to watch it. Right? Yeah. Same idea. Right. It's it, I've been in the I've been in the music store when people have come in 
like with their kids and they're like, Oh, I don't want to spend more than a hundred dollars. And they're, they're trying to very politely say, well, you, you know, you kind of have painted yourself into a corner right now because there's not a lot that's, that's going to be usable. And then, then they have to have a come to Jesus meeting where they basically say, listen, you're going to have to pony up a little more money if you don't want your child to quit after six weeks because they can't play the damn thing. Exactly. And that's why I sent that guy to my store because I told him, I said, they will take care of you and get you something that's appropriate that will not break the bank. And I got a message the following day. Oh man, they were so great to me. They treated me so great. They got me this guitar and they sent me a picture of a Tajima Stratocaster. Have you heard of Tajima, by the way? I've heard of them. Um, I'm not familiar with them. They're a Brazilian company. And Kiko Larrero used to have a signature with them. Okay. And they are bang for the buck. Some of the best freaking guitars on the market. I will make that declarative statement. It, y- that's I. Th- I think that's another model that Phil McKnight has talked about. And I, again, we've got to ha- do an episode that's devoted to uh, social media influencers in the oh, world of, of electric guitar. We have to devote an entire episode to that because there's so many names we could and so many channels we could talk about, and the good and the bad. Because unfortunately, not to get off subject, but there are bad in that area too. There are some bad yep. eggs in that. And we'll men- we'll mention those in other videos, but, um, but it can Why go not? both Let's ways. Let's just burn this podcast to the ground, Matt. I've already done that with this podcast, bad mouthing, hard luck Kings. The- yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, no, that's not a bad idea. I like that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think we should definitely hit on that, but it kind of goes both ways. Like I understand why people are, are hesitant, especially when they're not very knowledgeable on the instruments, but it's kind of up to the, um, it's up to the employees. It's up to the manufacturers. It's up to the, um, the businessmen and women to educate them so that they make a conscious decision. That's not based around the dollar. And that's not based around these little shell cash grab things. But, you know, I've seen I've seen both ways. I've seen um, people who have decided in their head that this is this is what I'm going to get and this is what I'm going to buy. And this is this is this is what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go way back here for a couple of years. But I don't know if you remember the band Valora. If you ever heard of them? Yeah, it they rings were, a bell. Yeah, um, they did. They I don't even know if they're still around or not anymore, but they're um, their lead singer. Her name's Sid. She. When she, I saw an interview with her years ago, and she mentioned that her first guitar that she bought when she was in high school was a Taylor 314. That is an oh. almost $2,000 guitar. Yeah. But she she could afford it, and it you know she said she still has it. And I think that's great if you can afford that and if you're willing to take that step. But that just shows when somebody who's made an educated decision. I, I, you know, it's difficult when there's not a lot, but now we're in the the time when resources are readily available. Any social media outlet you can go on, you can find both the good and the bad. You can find the resources that are going to lead you down that, that shitty path of spending a little bit of money on it, on an instrument that is a complete waste of time or ponying up a little bit extra and investing in a lifetime of music. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. 
Um, dude, we are getting super long in the tooth. What do you say we? Yeah, uh, what do you say we do our recommendations and get out of here? Let's do it. All right, uh, kick it off. You do it. Oh, okay. So, hmm, I gotta think here. I'm looking around. Um, <laughs> why are you? Do you have anything that you're thinking about? Because I'll I'll defer to you. What on this what, one? Since you deferred to me last time. What I would recommend uh, to you folks out there um, is I would recommend a good solid practice amp a small amp that is portable and nice and reliable and enjoyable and i have two different recommendations and these are small ones okay uh the boss katana air i believe is what it's called let me uh make sure let me just check my check my uh uh check my gear knowledge here um uh, also, Katana is not spelled with an I. I am not culturally sensitive. <laughs> um, also, I'm also stupid. Um, it's the Boss Katana Air, okay? Uh, or the Mini. The Boss Katana Air is $400, but it is a uh, 20, 30 watt amp, 20 or 30 watt. Uh, stereo speaker, wireless transmitter, Bluetooth, it's all built in. It's a little more pro level. But if you want to go more affordable, but also still portable, something you can take on the road with you, something you can uh, have and it's not super loud, something that would be good for bedroom jamming, uh, and it's uh, you know it's it's uh, you know doable, is the Boss Katana Mini. Uh, it's ninety nine dollars all day long. Uh, the other one that's a little more pro level that I would recommend is the. Uh, uh, the new uh, positive grid. Um, um, let me look that up as well. Uh, positive grid spark. Uh, it's more full featured. It's louder. It's I believe it's 50 watts. Um, absolutely killer little practice amp. Uh, you can run. Uh, it has like a program in it to run. Um, uh, like uh, audio off of like YouTube. It has the positive grid like architecture in it, which is really good. Everyone that I know that's picked one up absolutely adores it. So uh, check that out. Um, the the other one, and I know I said I had two, but I have multiple. Uh, the Yamaha THR10 uh, 2 is a really good one as well. It was kind of the forefather of those like lunchbox practice amps, and then the th the fourth one is the nu uh, Nux or Nux, as we said before, the Mighty Air wireless stereo modeling amplifier with Bluetooth. That one is also super good, and if you want to see a review on that one, uh, go and uh, check out. Um, um, oh. God, I'm terrible with names tonight. Um, uh, he has a, a signature with Sir Guitars. Uh, Pete Thorne? Yeah, Pete Thorne. Thank you very much. Pete Thorne. Pete Thorne did a review on the Nux Mighty Air, and it, it's really, really good. So check those out. That's my recommendation. It's a good little portable practice amp. Okay. I'm going to go kind of something in a similar ilk, um, which I was actually, I didn't steal this. I was kind of thinking about this anyway. Um, 
if you have a computer, get yourself a decent audio interface. Um, nothing crazy expensive. Uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier that, you know, Focusrite makes some really good stuff. Uh, PreSonus makes really good stuff. Um, and the reason why I say that is because there are tons and tons of free plugins that you can use that'll get you burst basically any any tone you can imagine amp modeling uh some will even come directly with a lot of these will come directly with the uh the interface that you get for free um they'll have stuff like either pro tools or cubase or um ableton which which has their own amp modeling and that just opens up a whole new world for you so for like a hundred dollars or less or maybe a little bit more depending on where your budget is you you could have your your own portable rig, kind of like Chuck had said, just this time at your at the convenience of opening up your laptop, um, and also too, then you can play along with YouTube or Spotify or Pandora or whatever you have, while running your programs in the background. So to me, I think getting a really good, inexpensive but good quality audio interface, I think, could really um, do wonders for your playing. And plus. It has recording software, so then you can get into the multi-track world or just recording simple demos, whatever you want to do. But I think that really lends itself to uh, some creativity if you're going to go that route. So get yourself a good audio interface. That's that's my suggestion. Focusrite Scarlet Solo has served me well for the past couple of years. I highly recommend. This has been a very, very turbulent episode of the Tone Bros Podcast. Thank you all very much for checking us out. Again, make sure you check us out on Anchor. You go over to anchor.com and you can just search Tone Bros Podcast. Hopefully, as we go along, we'll get added to more different uh, platforms. And uh, we will keep you updated on those. Also, go on over to our Facebook page. That is The Tone Bros Podcast on Facebook. And uh, leave us a recommendation, some topics you'd like us to talk about. If you disagree with us on any of our uh, commentary from this episode, which normally we are not this divisive. uh, But tonight was just an especially salty night. I blame 2020 or the C, whichever one. Uh, But like... (laughs) Uh, make sure you go on over there. Uh, we we like to post gear news. We like to post new things that are coming out. Please, uh, again, just give us a like while you're over there. And keep an eye out for the YouTube channel. It's going to happen. I promise. Uh, and uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, thank you again for uh, stopping by and hanging out with Tone Bro 1 and Tone Pro 2. And remember, gain is not volume. Word to your mother. <laughs>